Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to American Oc Radio on Mojo 5.0, the World Broadcast Network, and Red Voice Media. And every single purveyor of uh, fine podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple, they all pick up the show after the network feed, uh, fed by the power of Spreaker. Yes, it's that great. News and information from both sides of the 49th parallel, and I'll tell you what, my job is getting a lot easier here because the differences on both sides of the 49th parallel are shrinking. They're disappearing. And so we're going to be going through a little bit of that today. Um, Special announcement regarding Rock Friday and Rock'em Sock'em Saturday with Leprechaun. Regular listeners to the show know that uh, Mike Phillip gets very tired of news sometimes. It's taxing to always be looking at the same stories that everybody else is looking at and trying to put your own spin on them. So on Fridays, we just put it all away, and we've been doing Rock Friday for about a year and a half. And after a year and a half of doing Rock Friday, uh, I got an email from Ron, and Spreaker got a complaint, a copyright strike. So that being said, and, and it's really weird because they went back to 2024, meaning they skipped over a whole bunch of them. It's a very strange situation. Ron is on it, but uh, Mojo50 likes what I do on Fridays. They they don't mind at all. So Ron said keep doing it, but we cannot post it to Spreaker after. So henceforth, if you miss Rock Friday when it's live on iHeartRadio or Rock'em Sock'em Saturday with the Leprechaun in Kentucky there, He's such a character, I'll tell you. Uh, But if you miss the live feed, it is gone. By the way, this Friday, we're going to be doing 80s rock. That's right. Uh, Lots of hairspray. Uh, Guys look like girls. The uh, ties with piano keys. Yes, 80s rock. A lot of terrible, terrible music came out of the 80s. 
but uh, a lot of good songs too. So, and I do appreciate uh, all the people that have gone to American Uck Radio and made a ten dollar song request. Ten bucks gets a guaranteed song request, and your name goes into the draw on the fifteenth of this month for an American Uck Radio coffee mug that you can drink your American Pride Roasters coffee in, and also. A copy of Pete Seraphine, the host of Liberty Lighthouse's new book, Progress. Really? Lots to get to today. In the second segment coming up, we've got UPC uh, for our American listeners, United Conservative Party uh, MLA or member of Legislative Assembly, Drew Barnes. Drew is one of about 17 MLAs that have signed a letter to the Premier stating that they want nothing to do with these lockdowns and they strongly uh, are asking Premier Jason Kenney here in Alberta to reconsider. If if you're in the United States, thinking to yourself that uh, this doesn't affect me, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It affects you big time. Uh, Alberta, uh, 89% of our GDP is sales to the United States of America, okay? We also import a lot of products from the United States. So it's very, very much a symbiotic uh, relationship. I hate that word. Joe Biden, big surprise. He's uh, introducing gun control. Yes, the Democrat Party of America thinks that they can stop all violence. They can erase murderous intent from people's hearts and minds and make this a a heaven on earth. You just got to do what we say. And if you don't do what we say, you're bad. You're bad. We've got a black female professor with Joy Behart calling for white Christians uh, to basically be eradicated. That's their righteousness too. It's great. And uh, all that. And more today on American Uck Radio. So uh, you're not going to want to miss this show. And uh, big thanks to everybody at Mojo Five O, uh, WBN, Red Voice Media, iHeart, all these platforms uh, that make this possible for us to go out every single day. I'll tell you what, without further nattering, let's launch this show. Loading program. Please stand by. Recalcitrant, recalcitrant, having an obstinately uncooperative attitude toward authority or discipline. Uh, If you used it in a sentence, it would be a class of recalcitrant 
15-year-olds. Noun, a person with an obstinately uncooperative attitude or a stiff-necked recalcitrant troublemaker. That was the uh, uh, dictionary definition of that word. And the only reason that I brought it up is because uh, the uh, woman that said it was talking about white evangelical Christians. She said that they're recalcitrant. They don't follow the law. And they are basically a public health risk, just like Jews in Germany, just like, uh, you know, subversives in the Soviet Union or under Pol Pot or any of these other situations. A certain segment of the population had to be demonized and uh, turned into a threat against the rest. And, well, then it's easy to say, well, look, if we just, you know, deal with certain people then uh, everything will be good again and nobody will ever die. It's perfect, right? Let's go over to the soundbite. This is with uh, MSNBC yeah, I mean, News. Bishop Barber is always saying, you know, evangelical means you're supposed to be bringing the good news to the, you know, to the poor, right? That, that's supposed to be what you're supposed to be talking about. This thing you just mentioned on the vaccine, this is now going to become a public health problem. White evangelical resistance is now an obstacle per the New York Times to the vaccination effort. As you just mentioned, millions of white evangelical adults in the U.S., do not intend to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Um, mistrust of science, mistrust of uh, et cetera, and also their politics. Now this is a public health issue. What- I'm going to pause it right there. Mistrust of science, mistrust of the government. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say the science is, whatever you say it is, huh? Two black women talking about how white evangelical Christians are most definitely the biggest problem that society faces. And as long as these people are not dealt with, well, other people are going to die. It's really that simple, but I'll let her explain herself. What can be done about that? If, if, if in the, if in their churches, they're preaching against getting the vaccine, because that means I don't know how we get to herd immunity without 28% of the population. We're not going to get there. First of all, and secondarily, we're going to have a lot of funerals in those churches where they refuse to wear masks and everything else because they believe that Jesus is going to save them and that it's just my time. I'm going to pause it right there. They believe that Jesus is going to save them. Okay. She, 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 go, she opens up by saying these people are going to be having massive funerals. They're going to be, they're going to be dying. They're going to be spreading death and disease. Why? Because they believe that Jesus is going to help them. How off the mark can you be, huh? Go on. But again, this is about the selfishness and where evangelicalism has gone. And it's it's really quite a shame. There are things that have been good historically about the movement, but this anti-science sentiment and the ways in which they are digging their heels in promises to be an absolute debacle for them. When you put this on top of the racism where they're calling, you know, the coronavirus, the Chinese virus and all of these other things that, you know, their Lord and Savior Donald Trump said, then you have to add up and wonder what is really wrong with these people that they continue to go against the best interests of not just themselves, but the rest of society in order to be recalcitrant. There it is, recalcitrant. Obstinately uncooperative attitude towards authority or discipline. I've got to correct her on one thing. If you are actually a Christian, you actually believe more in authority. Let me give you an example. 
you, if you're a Christian, you believe that there are a giant set of eyeballs looking right through you from second to second every single day, meaning that if you're by yourself or out in public, you have the same set of rules. You're not go- you're not supposed to murder people. You're not supposed to uh, commit adultery or even look at uh, other women with that in your heart. So it's not that Christian are, are recalcitrant. It's that they have a higher law that actually demands more restrictions. Now, one restriction that they will not go for is to not gather for the body of Christ. It's not going to happen. Some will, but most won't. Well, I guess I would have to maybe reverse that, but uh, you, you get my point. Recalcitrant, right? These Christians, these white Christians, not to mention their racism, saying that the virus came from China, right? Not only do they not believe in science, but they're racist. There's nothing about this, absolutely nothing, that says anything about what Jesus Christ taught. It is a it is a movement that is stuck on itself and not on the person who is supposed to be the center of it. Ha, she's going to tell us what Jesus taught now, okay? She's going to say, Jesus Christ would tell you to wear a mask, right? Jesus would, uh, he would socially distance and tell everybody to shelter in place. That's not, you show me one place where he said that. You're not going to find it. In fact, he walked around healing people, actually putting his hands on lepers. Okay? This woman has no clue what she's talking about, but she's demonizing Christians in the name of Jesus. Very interesting. Well, and can you just tell us then, is there a liberal evangelicalism that is counter to that? And is it of significant size um, to sort of counter what you're seeing in that sort of right wing evangelicalism? Yeah, I think there really is. And I think part of what's happening now is that you see a lot younger people and people who have been absolutely disgusted with the movement, disgusted with the racism, disgusted with the homophobia and everything else, who are (laughs) leaving in droves. We start to see these numbers going down. And so I think what we're seeing is I never want to say that the religious right or evangelicals are going away. What I think we're seeing is an attrition that is based on where they are right now in terms of their recalcitrance, first of all, and the hardening. And secondarily, I don't think they can expect anybody to want to join a Southern Baptist church when Beth Moore has left. And the last Southern Baptist that was in the news shot eight people in Atlanta. The last Southern Baptist that was in the news shot eight people in Atlanta. Ipso facto, vis-a-vis, you can't trust him. And he was white. (laughs) Wow. I, I don't know what the bigger failure is there, to be quite honest with you. If you look at that situation, uh, it's almost never exactly what the news says it is. But he had said that he had a sexual addiction. And the failure, in my mind's eye, would be on, I guess, the church or his own inability to gain mastery over his own flesh and desires. I mean... If that is exactly what happened, if that's the only case right there that this kid thought that he could overcome sin by shooting up a bunch of parlors, I mean, that would be like thinking that you can uh, kill your porn addiction by destroying a computer. 
No, it's always going to be there. So, I mean, where was the failure? You got to wonder. I mean, if he sat in church his whole life and thought that that was the best course of action, I got to wonder what he was being taught. I mean, that's just me. But uh, it's a fight that that just about all men have. And uh, there's a massive stumbling block that's been put before men, white, black, uh, Asian, doesn't matter. We've all got these little phones with access to the most filthy, disgusting lusts on the planet at any time. If you have a clean internet uh, history, you should wear that like a badge. Uh, I'm going to let her finish up here, though. Because he had a, you know, a supposed sex addiction. And what does it mean that they do have control of the Supreme Court? That is one place where they are 6-3 ahead. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is going to be an issue for us, and I think this is one of the things that, you know, the Biden administration will have to think about, whether or not they want to expand the court, what happens with the court, what will the court actually do if they get a yeah. Roe versus Wade kind of um, case up there? Because evangelicals yes. want to be yes. in power, and that's the that's the bottom line. Uh, <laughs> evangelicals want power! That's the bottom line. This is a threat! Now, she named the example of a white man that happened to, uh, I, I don't even know, did, what, did he, was he one of these people that went to church once in a while? Was he hardcore into the Southern Baptist Convention? We don't know. Those are details that are left out. So, of course, they oversimplify it and say, look, he, he was a white guy that went to uh, Baptist church and he killed people, right? That's, that's it. That's all you need to know. These Christians, I'm telling you. I was talking to my brother this morning, and he he really nailed it. <clears throat> he was right on. He said, you know, growing up in church, it seemed like Christians were the majority. It seemed like most people that we knew were basically good people in church going. And I just, you know, I read the book Revelation, and I would think, I, I can't see a time when Christians would be rounded up and persecuted in our own society. But it's happening so fast. I mean, you've got people going on uh, major news networks in the United States and in Canada talking about how Christians are the problem. Now, I could do the same thing. I could. You know, if I was extremely lowbrow like her, I could go find a situation where a black man... Uh, shot a bunch of white people. I, I could say that that's all black people. I could do that if there was anything in the news recently that that happened. News this morning overnight, a former 49er and Raider is accused of a deadly mass shooting in South Carolina. Killed the whole family and then police say killed himself. Five people in this family, a doctor, his wife and their two grandkids wow. uh, were in, found dead in the house. And then there was another person, a groundskeeper, found dead outside of the house. Now, according to the Associated Press, the shooter's been identified as Philip Adams. We know he played with both the Niners and the Raiders in the early 2010s. 
tens, apparently killing himself as well this morning. His body, according to police, found in a house nearby in this mass shooting. That house presumably belonging to his parents because we know his parents lived near the doctor. And the doctor, turns out, if you look back, had treated him. Yeah. So it appears that uh, there was that connection. Mm -hmm. uh, police believe that he was the shooter of the doctor, the wife, the grandchildren. The kids were nine and five yeah. years old. Now, fifth victim, as Daria mentioned, was found outside of the home. And a sixth person was also found with gunshot wounds. That person is hospitalized right now with serious injuries. Again, Adams played with the Niners first. He was drafted by them back in 2010. And then he played with the Oakland Raiders in 2012 and 2013. We are expecting to hear more in a press conference, which is scheduled at some point this morning. We'll bring that to you live if it happens during our broadcast this morning. Uh, otherwise, we'll bring it to you live on Cron On, which is our 24-7 news streaming service throughout the day. All right, so forget the last part there because none of you are going to go and watch MSNBC. Uh, luckily for you, you've got me to grab these clips so you don't have to go through all the other crap. But using the, uh, the, the professor on MSNBC on Joy Reid's show's logic, I could take that clip and say that black ex-football players are a massive public health threat to America. What about those two girls that killed that uh, Pakistani immigrant using a taser and a car in Washington, D.C.? They didn't use a gun. And I'll tell you what else. They're not even getting any jail time. Those two girls are not. They, they, nothing but a slap on the wrist. And I'll tell you what. People are mad. They're saying uh, they got away with it. No, you don't. You don't get away with nothing. You don't get away with anything. You might avoid jail time. Lots of criminals do, but they didn't get away with anything. And I'll tell you what else. This whole thing has a shelf life. It has a beginning and it has an ending. Make no mistake about it. So what do they do? Well, they take this uh, situation and, and other tragic situations and the automatic response is, well, we need gun control in the United States. And like I said, Joe Biden, uh, Justin Trudeau, they're basically the same guy. It's the same spirit. They're lockstep. They want the same things. They don't care about their constituents at all. It's all about this great work, this great plan. You might as well call Joe Trudeau and Justin Biden. They're the same guy. It doesn't matter. So uh, what, what did he say? What did he campaign on? We're going to end gun violence, right? So six new proposals, and I want to go through these just a little bit. Uh, countering ghost guns. The Justice Department set to issue a proposed rule to help stop the proliferation of ghost guns Within 30 days. In 30 days, they're going to stop every single machine shop across the United States of America. Everybody that has a metal lathe that uh, has some metalworking tools in their garage or their hobby shop. They're going to stop them from building firearms or anything they can fire a projectile and hit somebody within 30 days. And if you believe that, oh, let's not forget 3D printed handguns. Remember when everybody was talking about 3D printed handguns for like two weeks and then it kind of went out of the, off the radar? 
Addressing stabilizing braces within 60 days, the Justice Department will issue a proposed rule to make clear when a device marketed as a stabilizing brace effectively turns a pistol into a short-barreled rifle subject to the requirements of the National Firearms Act. Uh, that's ridiculous. Gangbangers do not use shooting braces, okay? And I'm no expert, but from what I've seen with gang violence... They tend to drive by and spray. They'll use a, a Mac or a, a Nine, or a, and they almost always miss their target. I've heard them talk about how uh, nine-year-old white girls are usually a better shot than your average gangbanger uh, because they grew up learning how to do it properly. These guys like to hold their gun sideways and look cool because they saw it on Pulp Fiction or some stupid crap like that. So... Addressing stabilizing braces is going to do absolutely nothing. What it is is posturing and making it look like they're doing something when in reality they can't. Red flag legislation, red flag laws. This is another one. Allow family members or law enforcement to ask for a court order to temporarily prohibit people in crisis from accessing firearms if it's judged that they present a a danger to themselves or others. Again, This is going to do nothing. What you are going to have happen, however, is false accusations leveled by ex-wives and things like that uh, against people that are actually law-abiding and have no uh, record that they have ever murdered anyone or committed any violence. That's the only thing that's going to happen. You know how I know that? Because it happens here. When I went to get a firearms license, Uh, I was asked to list any exes or anybody that might have any reason to believe that I might cause them harm with a gun. Never mind that I, if I was going to do that, I could use a baseball bat or a knife or even a car. But no, it was a case of, uh, yeah, you're not doing that now. Nope, you're out of here. Um, (laughs) That was my automated... uh, timing program there I, I forgot to shut it off at the beginning of the show it happens uh evidence-based community violence interventions listen to this one uh according to the statement community violence interventions are proven strategies for reducing gun violence in urban communities and, and get the last part here through tools other than incarceration so let me get this straight you're going to have a community-based intervention when a member of the community, let's just say on the south side of Chicago, kills somebody with a gun, you're not going to put them in jail. Okay. Okay. Annual report on firearms trafficking. Justice Department will release a new comprehensive report on firearms trafficking and annual updates necessary to give policymakers the information they need to help address firearm trafficking today. Okay, so you're going to stop firearm trafficking, but you're going to open up the southern border and let anybody walk across it at any time uh, with bags of fentanyl or guns or whatever it might be. I'll tell you what, if you were going to address gun trafficking, maybe you could have a talk with Eric Holder, former attorney general with the Obama administration, uh, when they actually admitted to giving firearms to cartels, one of which killed Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. That would be a really good start. A new head for the, uh, here's the last one, new head for the Bureau of, uh, or the BATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. The president will nominate David Chipman 
to be the director of the agency. I don't have a lot of information on Mr. David Chipman, uh, but that's okay. Uh, I want to play a quick little soundbite before we go into our commercial break on the situation that we're going to be getting. You know what? Let's do the commercials first. We'll come back to it. And uh, then we've got UCP MLA Drew Barnes, who is involved in uh, a rebellion within the United Conservative Party of Alberta over extended lockdown measures. Be back right after this. Don't go away. Your friends will laugh at you. I do a show called Sunday Long Live Radio. It's live every Sunday of the year, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard, early one in the U.S., 10 a.m. UK, eggs and bacon time, perfect for me. We do a five-hour show, and I bring different hosts in called Agents of Freedom from different parts of the world to keep you guys entertained on a Sunday and find out what's going on around the globe. Come and join me. Type in your browser, WBN. 324.com Click listen to Sunday Long Live and I'll see you there. Dang it, Chris. Hurry up and open that door and get over here and help me. This cooler's getting heavy. Well, um, yeah, I, I can give you a hand, uh, but I, I locked the keys in the bunker. Dang it, Chris. We have to do off-track in an hour. How are we going to get in there now? Relax. I got a new lock we can install later, but right now we need a battering ram. Hey, I know. Let's use the cat cooler as a battering ram. It certainly is rugged, but I don't think it's made for taking down steel reinforced doors. Man, relax. The thing can take 2,500 pounds of concrete with only minor scratches. We can definitely open the door with it. Dusty, grab the other side. All right. Huh. Well, we need a new door, but the cooler's good. Let's get to the studio. Get your cat cooler today at catcoolers.com. That's catcoolers.com. Cat Coolers does not approve of their product for use as a battering ram and cannot recommend you use it in any breaking and entering scenario. But it worked and it was fun. No coolers were harmed in the production of this ad, but the door is a total loss. Also, don't use it for smuggling a cat into New Mexico as it's against the law. Patriot Energy. When solar energy is done right, it can save you up to 30, 40% over your current energy costs. Call the professionals at Patriot Energy to get your no-cost and no-obligation layout and design. Compare and contrast the differences for yourself. Go to PatriotEnergyAZ.org forward slash Mojo50 to get started today for your Patriot Energy solution. G'day mates, Tech Roo here on location in Australia in search of a rare and elusive wild hare. Most think you would find him when the sun don't shine, but we will find him right here in this primitive Aboriginal outback. I would never consider an excursion like this without my Patriot Supply survivor gear in my pouch. No, not that pouch. I don't have a pouch. 
in my backpack. The size of four-week emergency food supply kit that's back at home from preparewithmojo50.com. I've got an emergency blanket, my one-size-fits-all poncho, my snake bite kit, and my Alexa Pure Survival Spring Straw. Crikey, there's the wild hair now. Ain't he a beaut? What's up, Doc? Find some great deals at preparewithmojo50.com. Support. No problem. Just type in your browser WBN324.com and hit the instant support icon. We cover everything from advice, talkthroughs, privacy concerns, security and safety concerns. Should I, shouldn't I concerns, you name it, we cover it. With worldwide coverage and a one-off PayPal payment, we are all yours. And it's instant service when you need it. Just type in WBN324.com and let's fix it. The Founding Fathers left us with a government of, by, and for the people. But as of now, that is no longer the case. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. The Constitution plainly lays out the duties and responsibilities of government. To sum things up, the government is not supposed to be a hindrance to law-abiding sovereign citizens. The government is supposed to protect we the people from harm, not be a source of harm. Unfortunately, the United States is suffering from the results of numerous bad decisions and actions. Among the most egregious was the cold and calculated leftist-inspired effort to gradually wean the United States away from the very principles and providential guidance that contributed mightily to the United States becoming the most highly blessed envy of the world. Even government school educators refusing to indoctrinate U.S.-born students are now educating foreign students who were brought into our republic illegally via permission from the current Washington, D.C. regime. The founders warned that for the United States to remain a free nation, the people must be of high moral character. We have major decisions to make. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I've got to give a uh, very special birthday shout out to one of our listeners. He calls himself Blessed Indiana Mike. Mike is uh, has been a listener to American Ock Radio for as long as we've been with Mojo Five O, and Mike is a great guy. But I got to tell you, there's something about this man that you need to know. Mike in Indiana has been in hospital as long as I have known him for uh, approximately. Uh, two years now, and and I uh, multiple health issues. 
I have never once, not once, heard that man complain. I've never once heard that man talk about life or God giving him a raw deal. Not once. Never. And I hear all these little snowflakes talking about how words hurt them and I'm offended and, and you know, somebody looked at me so I was raped. And here's this man that suffers and never, ever complains once. Happy birthday, Mike. I'm going to get together with some of our listeners on Zoom after the show so that I can uh, tell you that to that uh, beautiful face of yours. State of New York. Uh, and we, we've got UCP MLA Drew Burns coming right up here, but I've got to get to this first. State of New York uh, slipped into its uh, new budget, state budget, $217 billion. Uh, but part of that is $2.1 billion aid fund that will give illegal immigrants a one-time payment of, are you ready for this? $15,600. $15,600. We have listeners in New York. One of which, uh, well, we did. Uh, his name was Jim. He died of cancer. Is his is Jim's wife Deb going to get fifteen thousand six hundred dollars? Is she going to get that? Referred to as an excluded workers fund, the money is supposed to assist illegals who were allegedly unable to obtain federal and state benefits such as employ- unemployment insurance or stimulus checks, specifically undocumented workers who lost their jobs and were unemployed during the pandemic will be eligible for the payments. Well, I mean, if you're illegally in the country, you shouldn't have been uh, able to work in the first place. I have mixed feelings on that. I don't hate those people. I was watching a video of a 10-year-old boy that was brought in with a group of people, and they just completely abandoned him. They just walked away, and he was crying, and he came to the Border Patrol. And I'm thinking to myself, he is being used. They're all being used. Joe Biden doesn't love you. And I'll tell you what, if Governor Cuomo and the state of New York will stick it to their own taxpayers and people that have paid into this this whole time, after locking them up and destroying their livelihood, guess what? He would do it to you. An estimated 275,000 individuals are said to qualify for the taxpayer-funded handouts. Now, we've only got five minutes before we go and uh, call up UCP MLA Drew Barnes. I want to give you a little bit of uh, background on the situation. Okay, I want to give you a little background on what's happening here in Alberta. This is from Global News. When Premier Jason Kenney stepped up to announce restrictions were going back in place, he made a prediction. I know some Albertans will disagree with the government's decision today, and that includes undoubtedly some people in my own caucus and party. Less than 24 hours later, just before question period, that prediction came true through a tweet from Drew Barnes. We're into the 14th month of this. The restrictions and the lockdowns, you know, we're geared for, for this length of time. Barnes and 15 other UCP caucus members, including Speaker Nathan Cooper and former Cabinet Minister Tracy Allard, signed a letter stating, while they are concerned about the health and safety of vulnerable Albertans, after 13 painstaking months of health restrictions, we do not support the additional restrictions being imposed on Albertans. Barnes says the Premier needs to take notice. Listen, you know, clearly to, to what 
16 of us that represent an average of, of 40 or 45,000 people each are saying. What they are saying is disturbing to the NDP. That is not an appropriate place for any member of a caucus, any elected official, to be advocating for steps that would clearly endanger the health and safety of others. Oh, David Shepard says the only path forward is to publicly denounce the MLAs and remove them from caucus. Premier Kenny says that isn't going to happen. In this province, we believe in freedom of speech. We believe in democracy. Well, at least the, the Conservative Party does, Mr. Speaker. I know the NDP does not tolerate any d- variance of opinion, but this government does. This is a government and a premier struggling in the polls. While the party is still strong in rural Alberta, Dwayne Bratt says this split from rural members doesn't bode well for the premier. If you've got a quarter of your caucus disagreeing with you, publicly on the most important issue facing the government, how could that not be seen as a, as a leadership issue? One that Premier Kenny himself predicted. Tom Vernon, Global News. All right, that was the Global News version of it. And they, they basically gave the story. I mean, that's what's happening. You've got these uh, MLAs rebelling against their own party saying, no, we do not need to lock everybody down. And the man that's kind of spearheading the initiative is Drew Barnes, uh, MLA for Medicine Hat, Cyprus, and we're going to call him up in about two minutes here. Now, look, I'm going to ask Drew, did you ever think that you would be part of a government that was going to be persecuting Christians? I'm going to ask him that question. I want to know what he has to say about Pastor Arthur, who we had on the show the other day. I want to know what he has to say about Grace Life Church. Because that's happening. Christians are being persecuted in Alberta by their government. And if these guys can't do anything about it, well, I guess it's just meant to be then. I mean, and and, and we hear all the time, uh, the opposition party in Alberta here, you know, you've got Democrats and Republicans in the United States. Here in Alberta, in the province, we have uh, UCP or United Conservative Party or NDP. And NDP is basically a communist party. And people say, well, uh, it's a lot better under Kenny. No, you don't have permission to do something wrong because it's not as wrong as what the other guy would do. That's not how it works. That's just not how it works. So we're going to call up. MLA Drew Barnes right now. I'm a minute early, but I think he'll understand. And uh, we're going to get his thoughts on this and why he issued this statement to Parliament saying no more lockdowns. And I also want to know his thoughts on the situation with the persecuted churches and Christians in Alberta. This is very important. Let's call him up right now. I don't have a board up, so I'm going to do it myself. Hello? Mr. Drew Barnes, it's Mike Phillip of American Uck Radio. How are you today? Uh, Mike, nice to talk to you again. I'm very good. How are you? I'm great, and I'm really glad that you made time to come on the show. People are really interested in what's happening in Alberta right now on both sides of the 49th parallel. Uh, Drew, I've got a very pointed question for you. Did you ever think that you would be a part of a government that was persecuting Christians for going to church on Easter? Oh, you know, what a... What a dilemma that, that this has evolved to 13 months into into this uh, COVID restrictions and lockdowns. And, and uh, you know, the fact that spiritual health and mental health and physical health 
is suffering so much at this point in time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things to, to sort out. And, and this is a reminder to each and every one of us how important, you know, spiritual health is, how important community is, how important family, families are. And uh, let's pray and hope that this, uh, this is over soon. And let's pray and hope that when we analyze it, uh, we get it as right as possible next time. You uh, made the statement. I played the clip from Global News for our listeners before I called you up. Uh, what prompted you to? Was this a massive amount of outcry from your constituents over this uh, recent doubling down of the lockdowns? Yeah, this is like in Cyprus Medicine Hat, uh, it's a situation where our mental health, our economic situation, our spiritual and our physical health are, are suffering greatly. Mike, it's so sad, the the self-harm and, and, and the job loss. Last count, our unemployment was 11.5%, and I'm sure it's higher, higher now. And uh, pe- people are, are hurting, and we haven't had a lot of cases. Our hospital has not been overwhelmed. For the most part of it, our cases have been under 10. Uh, our hospitals had, had no or one COVID people in it. And we have, we have ICU capacity. We have empty floors in the hospital. And, and people have been asking for a regional approach. 80, 90% of my constituents are saying, you know, let us go back. Like, like let's work hard to protect the compromised and the vulnerable. Uh, you know, for those that want to be, be vaccinated, we're there with our long-term care people. We're, we're there with almost all of our healthcare workers. Uh, let, let's make sure we protect those people. But let's remember our spiritual health. Let's remember our civil liberties. And, and uh, the economic crisis is growing. So you say 90% of your constituents are against this. Uh, what's the count at now? I think it was about 17 MLAs that signed on with you on this. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, There were 16 that signed and a couple others that had similar messages out on their own. You know, you can always you can always appreciate how hard it is to do things by committee, uh, and uh, you know, and then of course in politics, what's the saying? Forty-eight hours is a long time. So, uh, so it, 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 you know, Mike, this is how our democracy is supposed to work. Uh, you know, I'm grateful, I'm honored that I'm one of 87 Albertans paid to speak up on behalf of 4.4 million Albertans, and, and we're supposed to speak up. We're not supposed to just, you know, blindly follow whatever the government does. We are consistently and continually supposed to speak up for what Albertans are saying and what the good ideas are, and and that's what I'm going to continue to do. I couldn't help but notice that there was not one MLA in Edmonton. Uh, there was not the, the one where I live, uh, Leduc Beaumont. Uh, this is this is kind of a good uh, example of uh, urban and rural divide. I mean, uh, Medicine Hat is is a you know it's a mid sized city. It's a good sized town. But the, a lot of the MLAs that signed on to this are rural. Do you think that the ones in the, the major urban areas are under more pressure uh, due to their constituents? You know, I, I would suggest that let, let's watch their personal Facebooks and their Twitters and their Instagrams the next little while to, to see what they say and what they do. Uh, you know, grateful that, that you know, all of my colleagues are, are, are concerned about Albertans and the path forward. Uh, Mike, we've had a, a rural-urban split though in this province uh, for a long, long time over other issues other than other than COVID. And you know, when you when you contrast, you know, Cypress Medicine Hat, Cypress County, uh, Forty Mile County, large parts of, of the recent past, we we had like less than ten cases 
in an area 400 miles by 400 miles. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and things, the restrictions don't work the same in rural as, as they do in, in urban, uh, like, like takeout in, in a small town is, is not really an option. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and those kind of things, um, you know, other, other examples, uh, you know, like, like, and I'm a little worried about compliance. People need to comply. We need to get this behind us. But when we're, we're knocking on the door of 14 months, uh, you know, uh, and mental health, spiritual health, and family. We know, all know how important those things are too. Uh, let, let's not forget, as conservatives, as con- community members, uh, first and foremost, we believe in the individual and the family. And uh, people, you know, need choice. You know, um, when when it comes to uh, some of the things, and, and they need uh, the opportunity. And remember to protect themselves. There are people calling for civil disobedience, uh, and I'm uh, leaning towards it myself, to be quite honest with you, Drew. Uh, what would you say to those people? I would say absolutely not. Don't do it. Help help us get through the, these, these next little while. I mean, I know when we started this thing over 13 months ago, it was just a two-week lockdown, and, and here we are still doing it. I would ask those people to, to call me, uh, to email me, drew.barnes at assembly.ab.ca, and, and within a day, uh, their concerns will be uh, will be put forth to uh, to the premier and to the emergency management committee that that uh, oversees things. Uh, and I would also say, secondly, to them, to the people in charge, uh, take a deep breath. You know, look at where our spiritual health is. Look at where our mental health is. Uh, listen to all the good I- ideas around Alberta. Um, and uh, you know, you know, again with with Grace Life Church and what's happening there. Uh, let's see if we can find a way to, uh, you know, gap that uh, th- that divide and uh, protect people's spiritual health. Last time we had you on the show, Drew, you were talking about a uh, task force that was looking at the possibility of removing the RCMP from the province. Uh, the entire world is watching the RCMP erect fences around Grace Church. Uh, we we had Pastor Arthur Pulaski out of Calgary on the show the other day. Uh, that that kicked the Calgary police out of his church. Uh, a lot of people worldwide are very disgusted with what's happening in Alberta right now. Uh, are you guys moving ahead with a referendum on keeping the RCMP and possibly getting or or possibly getting a uh, Alberta police force? Well, uh, Premier Kenny, I think, has put two million dollars towards a study of the policing. Uh, March thirty first is the day that you have to give the RCMP two two years notice to withdraw from the contract. So just a few days ago on March called for the premier and cabinet to give the RCMP their notice and just do it. And uh, for reasons, you know, so we'll have a little more control so we, we can help, we can help a police force understand the, the needs of, of rural crime in rural Alberta. Uh, and uh, so, so I'm still calling for that. And I think it's a necessity uh, again, Mike, you know, a lot of times the municipality owns the building and the cars and the equipment anyway. Uh, I, I, we would gain so much by having more control over it. And, uh, yeah, one of the things is, is to set the uh, policing standards, um, you know, with, with however the committees or the electoral process is for that. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely a must. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, other than COVID and the mental health crisis we're in, we still have a crisis with our relationship with Ottawa. The fact that you know six hundred and fifty billion dollars has left Alberta big time, you know, in the big time, and, and the fact that without resource movement, without pipelines, 
my friends and neighbors either aren't working or they're not working to their fullest capacity. People that want to work hard, people that want to take risk. We need to correct this situation with Ottawa. We need to do what it takes. Absolutely. Drew, thank you so much for coming on the show. We had a very limited segment. Uh, You take care of yourself, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you in the future. Absolutely. All the best. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, Drew. We're going to let him go. And, uh, well, I mean, that was very telling. Uh, You know, he said, do what you're told. I mean, I get it. He can't uh, go on on radio and say, yes, don't listen to the government. I understand. I, I get it. It's where he's at. He's he's a member of it. But the world is looking at Alberta right now, and they're not liking what they see. This is a, a bad precedent that's being set. And I'll tell you what, if they can put a chain link fence around a church and put their pastor in jail for preaching the gospel, it's a pretty darn short uh, well, it's a slippery slope. Let's put it that way. And we've seen where it's gone in the past every single time. And that's why Americans need to stand up to this Democrat government with these proposed gun grabbing bills. This is bad, bad, bad. <laughs> now, I, I appreciate Drew coming on the show. I really do. He's been uh, consistent on other topics that I actually agree with. And he did bring up the uh, relationship between Alberta and Ottawa and the absolute theft that's going on. And uh, so fine, you know, I'm not going to be too hard on him on these other things because he is calling for the end of the lockdowns. He is calling for uh, the rest of the party to look at easing off these restrictions. And so I guess you take what you can get, right? But then again, I'm recalcitrant, (laughs) right? (laughs) Unreal. So you've got black women on MSNBC calling for white Christian evangelicals to be, and I'm air quoting here, dealt with. You've got cops uh, throwing uh, pastors in jail. You've got conservative governments. I don't even know what that means anymore. GOP is so watered down weak, it seems like. Uh, What is a conservative anymore, even? Huh? Well, uh, uh, conservatives, uh, I guess they they lock down less. That's what they are. Yes. They they only uh, take some of your rights, not not all of them like the liberals would do. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not good enough for a guy like me. That is not good enough for for a guy like me at all. You either are, you is, or you ain't. It's that simple. And, uh, you know, in, in in the midst of all this, they're making these stupid announcements. I'm talking about the Democrats. Biden prepares to lift sanctions on Iran. Go ahead. Sure, why not? Yeah, that, that would be great. Uh, sure, whatever. Yep. You know what? Send them more money, okay? Hey, you're sending illegal immigrants $15,600 in the state of New York, Democrats. Why don't you just send that amount of money to every single citizen of Iran? Huh? Why not? The province of Ontario just declared a one-month lockdown. One month, and they're supposed to be the conservatives. 
in many ways, I see them as worse than liberals because they the, it, the, the, the same agenda just keeps marching along, only a little bit slower under conservatives because people think that they're getting the uh, the guys that are on their side. Never does. Never happens that way. Never does. Heading over to AmericanUckRadio.com. There's another story. We've only got about a minute left. The Alberta government introduced legislation on Wednesday that formalizes a ban on carding and reforms the rules of street checks. Well, that's just great. That's great. You can't stop somebody on the street and ask them for ID if they have not committed a crime. I actually agree with that. I do. Bill 63 aims to provide clear definitions of both controversial practices by amending the Police Act. The bill would put the authority of conducting a street check into law according to the province. Justice Minister and Solicitor General Casey Madu uh, said in a news release, we're keeping our commitment to have a clear set of rules to ensure police respect Albertans' rights. I actually agree with that. But what about Albertans' rights to go to church and worship their God? Nothing about that. Nothing about that, hey? You know, they want to talk about rights. They want to talk about this and that. Then they fail every single time. I hear the music, and that means we're at the end of the show. Thanks for listening. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. 